0: Jehovah Rapha. You are a healer. You Jehovah Shema, You're there. God, you're omniscient. You're omnipotent. You're omnipresent. You're all knowing. You're all powerful. God, you're everywhere. You're just present. So we just honor you in this house. We glorify you in this house for who you are, God. We just thank you, God. We just stand in awe of you, God, on this morning, God. So, Father, we thank you, we glorify you, we magnify you. And, God, I thank you for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, be our teacher, be our helper, walk alongside of us. And, Holy Spirit, I need your help as I teach your people. I cannot do it by myself. But, Father, I recognize that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. So you get all the glory, you get all the honor, and you get all the praise in this house on today. Now, right now, in the name of Jesus, I come against a spirit of weariness in this place. In the name of Jesus, God, you told us not to be weary in our well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we think not. So I bind weariness right now in Jesus' name. And I loose the strength of God in this place like never before. Hallelujah. For Father, you give power to the faint, to them that have no might. You increase strength. So I say, be strengthened in the name of Jesus. I loose your healing in this place mentally, physically, spiritually, financially right now in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus over us right now in the name of Jesus. I bind every hindering spirit that has come in here to hinder, that has come in here to harass, that has come in here to oppress and depress. I command you to go right now in the name of Jesus. I forbid witchcraft in the name of Jesus. And I speak that no weapon formed against us today shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against us in judgment, thou shalt condemn. In Jesus' name. And I speak, no evil shall befall us, neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling. For you have given your angels charge over us today to keep us and guard us in all of our ways. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We have been teaching on, first of all, we taught on living according to the word of God. Then I was teaching on why we are not living according to the word of God. Amen. So I'm going to go back over the teaching just a little bit, and I'll go forward um, this morning on what I'm going to be teaching on today. So let's start with Romans, the fourth chapter, and let's hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. Hallelujah. We thank God for the reading of his word. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Romans, the fourth chapter, and I'm going to begin at verse one, and I am going to end at verse five. And I'm going to start out, I'm going to read in the Amplified. And the word of God now reads, But if so, what shall we say about Abraham, our forefather? Humanly speaking, what did he find out? How does this affect his position and what was gained by him? For if Abraham was justified, established as just by acquittal from guilt, by good works that he did, then he was then he has grounds for boasting, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed and trusted in God, and it was credited to his account as righteousness, right living and right standing with God. Now to a laborer, his wages are not counted as favor or a gift, but as an obligation, something owed to him. But to one who not working by the law, trusts, believes fully in him who justifies the ungodly. His faith is credited to him as righteousness, the standing acceptable to God. You may be seated. Now, I want to talk on this morning. We've been talking about living by the word of God or according to the word of God. And I was coming from Matthew, the fourth chapter where Jesus, he was in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. And Jesus was weak. But even in his weakness, in his weakness, that's when the devil was coming in to tempt him. And he began to say, if you be the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus' answer was, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So living according to the word is living by the word. So we have to live by the word of God. The word is what sustains us. We are born again believers. We're born from above, not born on this earth. We live by natural food. Yes, we do. But we also need spiritual food in order to carry out the plans and purposes that God has for our lives. God knew that being here on this earth, we could not do it with natural means. So I want y'all to understand this. You are in this world, but you're not of this world. So you do not do what the world does. And we see ourselves, some of us, as Christians, mingling with the world, acting like the world, so they don't know the difference between being born again, born from above, and born from the world. We should have a way in our lives which the Holy Spirit helps us to be whom God has called us to be. The only way that you can sustain yourself living in this world is through the word of God. You cannot do it outside of the word of God. Some of us are trying to do what the word tell us, but we're living contrary to the word. Whatever the words say, I'm here to encourage you today. You can do it. And how do I know that you can do it? Because God gave you an helper. To help you, the Holy Spirit is there to walk alongside of you, to help you to live the way God will have for you to live according to the word. He said, my words are spirit and they are life. Meaning that life comes through the spirit. His words bring that life from the spirit. If you're not in the word of God, you will not be quickened. You will not be made alive. You will keep living the way you live in, even though you're born again. And let me tell you something. It should not be acceptable in our lives. Why am I saying this should not be acceptable in our lives? Because when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that old sin nature, y'all, That was compelling us, that was driving us to sin, that was controlling us. That old man died. That means that old man was crucified with Christ. So let me help you to understand, sin does not have any dominion over us. Sin does not rule over us no more. Now listen what I'm saying. I'm saying sin, which represent the old man. But we do have sins that come out of us, the actions that come from that old man. So what we have to do in order not to bow down to what the old man left behind, we have to go into the word of God to know who we are now that we're in Christ. If you do not feed off the word of God, you will live like you're not saved. You will act like you're not saved. You will think it's okay to do what other people are doing and say, I'm still saved. Yes, you are still saved. But what's happening is you're denying who you are and you're denying who he is. Because if I can go out and still do everything that I used to do, why accept Jesus? I don't think nobody wanna hear this. See, so you got to understand Jesus did not die for nothing. When you understand what he died for, when you understand what he has done for you, you can live according to the word and it's no struggle. That's just the life that you live. Will things come and tempt you? Yes, they will because you're living in a fallen world. This is why you got to study every day, Feed on the word of God. Because when I miss feeding on the word of God, I know something is missing in my life. I know I don't want to lose a connection with who I am now that I'm in Christ. Because we are spiritually connected to him. Not fleshly connected. We are spiritually connected to him. God made a way for us to connect back to him when Adam and Eve sinned. He made that way through Jesus Christ. And I want y'all to check this. We couldn't do it and you still can't do it. Quit trying to do it. And this is what I'm teaching today is, why are we not living according to the word? Because we're trying to do it. You can't do it within yourself. None of us in here can live according to the word of God on our own. I want you to understand that from the pulpit to the congregation, we fall short every day. I may not fall short in dealing with lying, but I may have something in my head that just ain't right, that just don't line up with the word of God. The Bible tells you if you break one, you broke them all. None of us in this room within ourselves can keep nothing. I want you to hear this. Everybody falls short. Everybody falls short. But the thing is, when we fall short, we get back up with the help of the Holy Spirit because we know who we are. This is the exciting thing, y'all, that God was sharing with me. God began to take me back through the word of God. And I love taking a journey in the word. I don't know about you. But when you take a journey in the word and you walk in with Jesus, you're seeing exactly what he's saying. The illumination, the light is coming on and you're not trying to make something happen. See, I'm not standing up here trying to make you say hallelujah. I'm not going to stand up here to try to make myself do something to have you jumping around like chickens with his, with your head cut off. Because that's not my purpose. I'm standing up here before you. With the word of God, the word of life, I'm representing the kingdom of God. I'm giving you what God has given me. I'm not going to give you myself because if I give you myself, there's no power coming from me. But if I give you the word of God, it's going to bring life until you're born again spirit that's in you. And it's like a battery. You know how sometimes we talked about last week of being spiritual depleted when things happen in your life like Elijah Elijah spoke the word of God. He said it wasn't going to be any rain. Everything that God told Elijah, Elijah done it. Even he had the ravens feeding Elijah when there was no water, when there was no means of of food or anything. Elijah did according to the word of God. Now, think about it, y'all. Elijah was a mere man, but that mere man had the power of God to come upon him. And as the power of God came upon him, being that he was a mouthpiece of God, he was a prophet of God. He did what God told him to do. Do you think that it was hard in those days to do it? Yes, ma'am, it was. Because there was a famine in the land. Elijah was in the land where the famine was. So can you imagine God telling you to speak that there's going to be no rain and you're saying, wait a minute, there's life and death in the power of the tongue. That ain't God. God ain't going to tell me to do something like that opposite to his word. But you got to go back to why God told them this. God told them this because they were acting out. They were being disobedient according to what God was asking them to do. So actually they bought this on themselves. I want y'all to understand just because Jesus laid down his life for you, just because you up under grace, don't think that evil won't come upon you. Evil will come because sometimes we open the door for it to come. through our disobedience. It is not God bringing His judgment on you. because if God brought judgment in this house, all of us be dead. We open the door through our disobedience when the word tell you not to and you do it, you bring the consequences of sin upon you because you've done it. It's not God putting it upon you. It's already written. That's just like a child when you're telling your children, don't touch the hot stove. You showed them the stove, you told them what not to do. They know not to touch it, but this is what happens, y'all. There is the commandments on the inside of us. The commandments are good. Thou shall not. Those commandments are good. They're written in our heart. But see, when Adam and Eve sinned, there was a sin nature that came upon us. Meaning because we was in a fallen world. So they knew the do's and don'ts. They knew it. But that sin nature that was in them, it stirred up those commandments even the more. It brought it more alive. When God said, don't do this, that sin nature was driving you. It was compelling you. It was controlling you. It was reigning over you. It was saying, do it, do it, do it. And the things that you did not really want to do, you did them because you were compelled to do them. That's because of living in a fallen world. That's because we were once sinners, but we're no more sinners. We're born again. We're saved by grace. So what happened was these people after the fall, they did not know that they were sinning. Y'all, they thought this was a part of life. They thought they were living. They thought they were alive, but God had to bring in some commandments. He brought those commandments to make sin become more alive. So if we did not have the law, guess what? We wouldn't know that we needed Jesus. He bought the law to let you know that was your schoolmaster. That law was there to let you know that you were in the need of a Savior. But when the Savior came, we're no longer up under the law. Yes, we're up under grace. But when that sin nature died, it died. But it left behind some habits. Can you imagine? For 20, 30 years, we were adapted to this world. We were conformed to what the world is doing. This is what we always was taught. People will teach you, society would teach you, if you don't do this, you don't get that. Is that not the truth? Even in relationships, if you don't lay down with me, you can't have me no more. If you love me, this is what you got to do for me. It's always a something behind something. If you don't do this, you don't get that. This is how we was raised. If you don't work for this, you won't have nothing. That's truth, right? But let me tell you something. When Jesus came, everything that I could not do, he did it on my behalf without me doing anything. He said, I'm not going to base your life on you. I'm going to base your life on me so you can live this abundant life. You cannot live the life I have for you with you trying to do it yourself. This is what he's saying. We cannot live according to the word because we're trying to do it. Let me give you an example. Some of us in here may have a problem with pornography. We may have a problem with um, adultery. We may have a problem with fornication. We may have a problem with lying. And this is how we try to handle these things. We try to handle these things in a fearful way. By saying, oh my God, let me do this. Oh my God, let me do that. Oh my God, it's time to pray. Oh my God, it's time to speak in tongues. Oh my God, if I don't pray, if I don't speak in tongues, I'm going to be drawn back over there. You're trying to do it. But what you need to be doing is saying, I have a problem, Father. And I need your help. I can't do this by myself. So Holy Spirit, I need for you to step in right now because I have a problem paying pickaboo with pornography. I have a problem looking at men. I have a problem looking at women. Even when I'm not even aware, I'm looking at them. It has become so much a part of me, but I know that Jesus paid the price for me. So my dependency is not going to be on me no more. It's going to be upon Jesus. Some of us are trying to run and hide from these things. We're trying to suppress these things, but they're in your life. And the only way you can handle it is through Jesus Christ. We couldn't even save ourselves. None of us could save ourselves from sin. We couldn't do it. So that's why God said I had to come down from heaven. I had to come off the throne. I had to live like a mere human being. To die on your behalf so you can live. He said, I died so you could live. Amen. He said, the only way you could live is for me to die. Amen. So he died. He paid the price for your sin. He paid the price for every sin that you would ever think ab- about committing. Y'all, I want you to catch this. Amen. God knew. Amanda, you may not lie, but you're going to mess up over here in this area. He said, so I'm just going to wipe the slate clean. He said, I'm wiping it clean with my son, with Jesus, because you ain't going to be able to keep everything that needs to be kept to be in right standing with me. That's why the Bible said he who knew no sin became sin for me, became sin for you so we could become the righteousness of God through him. My righteousness is not based on me because I can mess up today. My righteousness is based on Jesus Christ. So if I mess up today, I can still stand strong in front of the father and say, daddy, I'm not coming to you on behalf of me. I'm coming to you on behalf of my son. And I am saying, yes, I did mess up. But thank God you didn't base it upon me. I'm acknowledging my mess up so the enemy won't have anything in my life so I'm saying Satan yes I did it and I'm not ashamed because guess what he has accepted me he has chosen me he has adopted me so he still loved me outside of me but our problem is we spend so much time on trying to get it right when we haven't figured out that God already made it right The only reason why you repent is so you make a U-turn. You don't go back in it, but you don't give the devil access no more. You shut the door. Did y'all not know that God put man in the Garden of Eden? Man didn't put themselves there. God created man in his own image, gave man his characteristics, his likeness, and he put him in a place of safety. I'm going to say this. He put them in the spirit. And when he put them in there, he gave them everything they need to live this abundant life. Nothing missing, nothing broken. He placed his creation in their hands. He he placed it in Adam's hand as well as Eve's hand. They had to work together. It was a togetherness. Eve walked alongside Adam. She had the same right. She had the same dominion as Adam. Now we're getting it twisted. We're saying women ought to stay in their place. Men, I got something to tell you. If women stayed in their place, you would be out of your place. Because half of you ain't in your place. A woman shouldn't preach. She shouldn't teach. She shouldn't be over me. It ain't the woman over you. It's God over you. It's who God chose to be over you. In that case, God wouldn't gave Mary Jesus in the womb. The woman had to carry the baby. And Joseph had to protect what she was carrying. God had to get Joseph in place to protect the seed that Mary was carrying. So it started with Mary. That's why Catholics held Mary. They got it twisted. They even realized that if it wasn't for Mary, Jesus wouldn't be here. God chose a woman. So we we go and get stuff twisted. And the reason why we get it twisted is because we want it to be the way we want it to be. So we've taken it out of the way God intended for it to be. God chose whom he want, not man. A man cannot tell a woman or tell nobody else what they cannot do. Because the Bible tells me I can do all things. Through Christ. Y'all catch this. Through Christ. Which? is I don't get script from myself I get the empowerment from God to do what I do now if I'm thinking that it's me I'm operating in pride you got too many people operating in pride saying look what I done no see that's why we have to shut down pride and we have to be humble We have to submit ourselves to God until we submit ourselves to God. Y'all, we cannot resist the devil. Why? Because the devil wants you to resist God. He wants you to submit to him. What does he do? Everything that God tell you not to do, he come in and tempt you to do it. But the good thing about this is being that you are a spiritual being, he can't touch your spirit. Once you get born again and you save, the spirit is sealed. Until the day of redemption. The enemy, no, I can't touch your spirit. He said, but I can mess with your soul all day long. Your soul is the part of you, y'all, that did not get saved. Your soul and your body is not going to be totally complete until Jesus come. That's when spirit, soul, and body is going to be complete. But he wants us to live in this completeness now. And he said, you can do it. You can bring your soul into alignment with what the spirit has if you just would renew your mind. But the first thing is you got to be willing to make your body a living, see, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. This is your reasonable service. This is your act of worship. But the reason why we don't want to make our body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God is because we still want to do what we're doing outside of living for God. Come on, let's just be honest. Some say, folks, this is is where we mess up at. You cannot be in the same household unequally yoked. Let me tell you what unequally yoked is. See, everything that the Bible tells us, y'all, we ignore it because we want to have peace in our house. Let's go back to Joseph and Mary. Joseph was going to get rid of Mary privately. But God stepped in. Because God had a plan and he had a destiny for Mary. He had a a plan for his son to come in to this world as a human being. He laid Joseph down and in a dream, God spoke to Joseph. So let me tell you something. Don't say that you got to do what this one is telling you to do if it's outside of living according to the word of God. If you believe in that you shouldn't do this because of who you are in him, ain't no husband or wife. Can make you do opposite. Not unless you love them more than God. I'm going there. there. The problem is. We love man. More than we love God. Do y'all remember what Jesus told his disciples. The learners. The followers of Christ. When Jesus was telling them. To come follow me. The first thing he said is deny yourself. You got to deny yourself. You got to lose interest in yourself. You got to forget about yourself. I don't know about you it's hard to forget about yourself because when self wants something self will wear you down trying to get it but when you're living according to the word of God self don't win no more so he said you got to forget about yourself and he said you got to love me more than you love your mama your daddy your sisters your brothers your family you got to love me more than you love them y'all what's happening to the church we put more emphasis in family than we do God. Don't you know he created everybody? Why is it so hard to love God more than we love anything else? Because we don't spend the time with God the way we spend time with everything else. Some people say, well, you just don't understand what's going on in my house. God already knew what was going on in your house when he told you not to marry him and told you not to marry her. But you didn't want to hear that. Now you're going through. There was a lady that I knew, she was an evangelist, and she would come to Bible study on um, Thursday nights at the house. Was it Thursday, Jennifer? She would come and she would share her testimony and how much she loved the Lord. And she was married to this man that she should not have married, but she wanted to honor those vows, and she was in it. She was in it. So she was saying, Lord, you got to help me while I'm in it. See, this is the problem. When you marry, when you shouldn't marry, now you're ready to get out of it and drop them just like you dropping a pancake, like it's okay. And then you go to the next one. you having more trouble with the next one than you have with the first one because you didn't get the first one right. So now you got what is over there where you have a, a, um, Arabia, where you have all these women lined up. Harem. Harem. Got them all lined up. Couldn't deal with the first one, so you get you a second one. Couldn't deal with the second one, so you get you a third one. And then you say, I know the fourth one's going to be right, and all I'm living. Uh And you save. Sanctify. Fill with the Holy Ghost. And you're saying, God says all right. God didn't say that. Twisting the word of God. So this woman, she stayed with the man, but what she had to do, she had to get her a long time with God to really keep herself. Because she said the man was very nasty to her, treated her any kind of way, did not want her to go to church. He just wanted her to be subject to him. So one day she, she come into the house and the man was sitting there doing the same thing he normally do. She went into the room and as she shut the door, the Holy Spirit told her to say, devil, get out of my house. And she said, the husband said, you talking to me? And she said, she ain't seen him since. The Bible says a sanctified wife sanctifies a husband. The same thing. But if they choose to leave, she didn't kick him out. That spirit spoke. This is why you have to, God is saying this for a reason. You got to wait on your mate. You got to wait on your ministry. Some of us think, even in this place, it's time for me to teach, it's time for me to preach, it's time for me to do this, but your house is out of order. You don't know how to treat your husband, you don't know how to treat your wife, you don't even know how to treat your children, you don't even know how to come home, you don't even know how to keep a job. But you're saying, I'm a pastor, I'm a preacher, that's the call on my life. I don't deny that, but God said, wait. Because you want to make sure everything is in order the way God wanted to be, people want to be seen, heard, and attached to, get behind the pulpit, want to be exalted, but can't even keep money in their pocket and then taking money from the church. Because yeah. right. we don't know how to live according to the word of God. When you live according to the word of God, you miss nothing. Amen. You don't have to try to go after nothing because you're kingdom citizens, True. your sons, your daughters, you ambassadors, God is not going to be made ashamed of because whatever he tell you to do, he's going to do greater in your life. Why? Because you're working for the kingdom. So when we go back and we look into the word of God, get back to Abraham. We see that Abraham, God called Abraham to himself. But remember in Genesis 12, what God told Abraham, he said, I want you to leave your kindred. I want you to leave your father's house. Come on, y'all. That's tough. Come on, if you used to living in your mom and daddy house and you don't have to do nothing but sleep and and collect the funds. Come on, we got some children that think mom and daddy got me. But what if mom and daddy leave this world? Who got you then? So mom and daddy need to be teaching them about if I'm not here, Jesus is always here. If you can't get in contact with me, you can get in contact with Jesus. See, our problem is, I'm going to be honest with y'all. Before we have children, if we're living in rejection and we begin to get married and have children, we want that love from those children that the husband can't give us. So if your husband never gave you that love, you get it from the kids. And how you get it from the kids, you do stuff for your children to feel needed and feel appreciated. Because as long as they can say, I love you, mommy. I love you too, baby. You need something else, baby. No, mommy, I don't need nothing else right now than the phone ring. Mommy, I saw a pocketbook. Can you? Sure, baby. How much is it? Hmm. Let me talk to your daddy. Daddy say, no, I can't. We can't get that right now because, you know, we got to pay these bills. And mama said, no, you're going to give her that pocketbook. So when, when, when the money comes to the child, everybody, the child is happy, the mom is happy, the daddy's broke. And the daddy's still trying to make it. But guess what that is in the house? Rejection. See, rejection has to be dealt with. So Abraham, he was in a home they had, y'all. Back then they had Abraham father had it, but this is what God said. This is the, this is the catch right here. I want y'all to catch this. Let me read it for you. I don't want to mess up not a word of this. Listen at what God told Abraham. It said, now the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country from thy kindred from thy father house unto a land that I will show you. Now this is what God said, I'll do for you, Abraham. He said, I will make. I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee, make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that bless you. I will curse them that curse you. Look at what God told him. This is what God want us to do, y'all. God said, I don't want your dependency to be on your family. I want your dependency to be on me. And the only way your dependency can be on me, you got to get away from them. Come on, y'all, that's tough. That's tough if you got a mother and a father that do for you all the time and you know you can run to them each time you need something. Daddy got my back or mama got my back or, you know, you may be adopted. Your adopted parents have your back, but God is speaking to you and he said, I want you to leave all that and I want you to trust me. I don't want you to go to them no more for money. I want you to trust me. I'm going to take you into a place where I'm going to bless you, but you got to let me take you into this place. Do y'all know God took us to this place through Jesus? The day that we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that means I'm no longer my own. I belong to him now. My dependency is upon him. I look to him who's the author and finisher of my faith. I left everything that I'm familiar with. I left that. Here I am, Lord. I'm making my body a living sacrifice unto you. I'm your temple. So this is what we did. We made a commitment. Do y'all know what commitment is? That means I'm committed to you, Lord. You are my master. You are my savior. You are my everything. Everything I need, it comes from you, even though I have a natural father. I got to check in with you first and say, Daddy, God, how do you want me to handle this? I know you love me because you gave your life for me. And if you gave your life for me, how much freely, Father, will you give me all things? So the test was when God spoke to Abram, he had to believe God. So what did Abram do? He left he left his father's house. He left what he was familiar with because God said, I'm going to take you into a place. I'm going to show you that land. But in order for me to show you, you got to leave this stuff. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God said, even though you're born again, he said, I still can't show you my kingdom. Your eyes are not fully open because you don't want to let go of these things. They are blocking your spiritual view and keeping you from connecting with me the way you you need to because you don't want to let go of family. You don't want to let go of your money. You don't want to let go of these things so you don't have a full connection with me. There's some blindness there and the enemy knows that. What are you holding on into this room that you don't want to let go of? What are you trying to do yourself? You're trying to get love from people who don't even know the God you serve. You're supposed to show them so much God that they're willing to serve the God that you serve it, not bowing down to what they want or need material things. It's in all of the things that are in the world. You don't supposed to be bowing down to those things. So the Bible says that Abraham did not have to work for it. The Bible said he just believed God. What did he believe? He believed the words that God spoke to him. Abraham, leave what you're familiar with. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to make your name great, Abraham. Only thing he had was a word from the Lord. It wasn't no money involved. He just had a word from the Lord. The word from the Lord meant more than all the money. Because with God taking care of you, just look up. The creator created everything that you're looking at. And if God is Elohim, the creator, and he made everything, don't you know he'll make those things work for you? Amen. He will turn the king's heart towards you. Why? Because you left everything that you knew. You gave your children. Come on, y'all. We have dedications in church and we bring the babies up there to get. Let me tell you something. That's why you need counsel even before you dedicate your kids. You make them all purdy. Put the little girls in their nice little white, long little stuff. Oh, they're so pretty. Look at that baby. Baby got dedicated. Then you go back home and pump up the volume. Uh Uh That's why you got to be taught. When it comes to your kids, it's not bringing your kids to the Lord and here you are a sinner. Because they're going to learn your sinful ways and churches are allowing it. That's why you counsel these say, okay, where, what is your relationship with God? Well, right now I ain't saved. so why are you getting the baby to the Lord? Cause you're going to take the baby right back home. See, people get mad when I talk to them like that. Some of y'all mad now get over it. Cause this is the love of God talking to you. God want to save some people. We come in here and we want our kids to shine like lights and we go home and live opposite. So you, you hear what the preacher say. Now, repeat after me. Lord, I get, don't even know nothing about giving the baby to the Lord because they ain't even gave their self to the Lord. Now they're ready to give a baby to the Lord. They can't even give their self to the Lord. They ain't ready to dedicate their life, but they want to have a dedication. If somebody teach the truth. And tell them before they present that baby first of all you got to make your life a living sacrifice because that baby is going to mimic you right. that baby is going to do what you do that baby's gonna live like you live you the one got to teach the baby how to tie the shoe to brush the teeth you got to teach them personal hygiene but the most thing that you can teach them is the word of God teach it in the morning teach it in the evening teach it at night teach it when they rise up teach it some people want a quick fix can you Throw some oil on my child. They done got way out the way. First of all, you need something through on you. Come on, let's just be honest. Can you pray for my child? I'm going to tell you something. My son, Jeremy, when he was little, y'all, I wouldn't say. Me nor my husband. And this little boy, I'm not lying. He was sweet as he can be, but he would talk. He would talk. Don't say nothing round, Jeremy. Let me tell you something, don't say nothing round, Jeremy. We was having after I got saved, but let me tell you before I got saved. Jeremy was the type he was just as loving, just as respectful. He knew yes, ma'am, he knew no, ma'am, but he didn't know shut up. <laughs> didn't know it. We go into a place, he would run his mouth like a locomotive. But then after we had gotten saved and we was having Bible study in the house, we had this lady, sweet lady. She would go out and buy baby clothes for, for my daughter Ariel before I even had the baby, but she would come and we would try to prepare for Bible study by eight o'clock. So me and my husband was trying to hurry up and eat something before we had Bible study. So we had our plate there, and you know a man, if he's hungry, he wanna eat, right? So my husband looked out there and saw the lady. He said, Now, don't you know we have Bible study? At eight o'clock, and here it is, seven o'clock, and she here this early. I'm saying, well, it's okay, it's okay. So I left my food on the counter, and I'm letting her in the house. He's going to go in the other room and eat, right? Jeremy's sitting up there beside me eating his little pizza. The woman come in, my son said, um, Bible study starts at 8 o'clock. You come up in here at 7 o'clock. And I'm just hitting him, hitting him. He wouldn't shut up. So then she say, what you say, baby, say that again, baby. I said, if he said it again, I'm going to knock him out. (laughs) So he said it again. And I looked at the lady. I said, look, whatever time you want to come, you'll find you always want. No, no, babies don't lie. Babies don't lie. (laughs) And my husband in there still eating. Like he said nothing. What am I saying? (laughs) Even being saved. You got to watch what you say around your children, because even if you tell the insurance man you're not home or tell your son or daughter to tell you not home, the insurance, they're going to tell them they back there in the back. So you have to really train up your child in the way that they should go. And when they get old, they won't depart from it. What do I mean? Even though you live in a life that ain't right, you still want to train your children the right way to go. How do I know? Because that man sitting right there, I'll never forget. He told y'all this story. Daddy would scratch off. He don't scratch off now. But the man would come to daddy's house, and I ran up to the man and said, Give me one of them tickets. Daddy said, Don't come back here no more. Daddy wasn't saved then. But he didn't want me living the same life he lived. So guess what, y'all? I don't know how to scratch. Except my back. And my husband got to help me with that. (laughs) But what I'm saying is, he was not saved, but he still protected me from things that he knew that wasn't right. Let me tell y'all something. Don't think just because you wasn't saved, you didn't know how to live right. Cause the laws was on the inside of you telling you how to live, but you had a choice, but you still had that driving force in you to tell you to do it, to do it, to do it. But God still put those laws there. You knew right from wrong. So what am I telling you today? You cannot live, try to live according to the word by yourself. You can't make it work. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and help you. To show you how to live that righteous life. And he shows you through the word of God. This is why you got to make a connection with the word. You have a new nature on the inside of you that compels you, that drives you to God and not to Satan no more. Quit blaming it on Satan. Quit saying the devil made me do it. No, he didn't. You had a choice just like Adam and Eve. You have a choice in what you're doing. The enemy know he's bound for hell. God didn't create hell for us. He created it for Satan and his angels. This is why he have preachers, he have teachers, he have the fivefold to teach you the truth, to teach you the good news of Christ. The good news that Jesus bought concerning the kingdom saying you don't have to live like you living because God made a way for you through me. Just trust me. Just depend on me. Y'all living a Christian life is not hard when you used to doing what the word of God tells you to do, it's not hard to live a good life. Some people think they're living a good life and they're living in sin. No, you're not. That's a life that brings death. God knew you cannot deliver it yourself. All of us in here have already been delivered. We have been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Why? Because God knew, I'm going to have to do the translating. The only thing you have to do is accept what i done, but somebody got to tell you what i done. So my point is, Abraham, he just took God at his word. And the Bible say God counted that for his righteousness. He didn't have to get circumcised. He just took God for his word and he was made righteous. God said, take me at my word. Depend on my word, and if you're dependent on my word, you can live according to my word. Cause you're not dependent on what you have. What you got ain't gonna cut it, y'all. Millionaires, billionaires don't even still don't know how to live with all the money, cause it's never enough. They're still trying to get more, but it's never enough. Why? Because they're trying to do it. They're basing their happiness on things. Have y'all noticed when you get a new car and the new car get old, it's not worth nothing to you no more. Everything that you thought you wanted, when it get old, you don't care who drive it. Sometimes we get new cars, we get new stuff, we don't want nobody to touch it. After a while, go ahead. I remember when when I got off my job and y'all, I always wanted a Cadillac. So I put the Cadillac on the refrigerator and God said, just speak those things that be not as though they were. Now, this is a funny thing. Couldn't get the Cadillac working. I want y'all to check this. (laughs) Couldn't get the Cadillac working on a job. So while I was on the job, I'm just speaking over this Cadillac, speaking those things that be not as though they were. So the day that God told me to quit the job, and you know me, my husband, went through some things of trusting God. See, sometimes things are taken away from you to let you know where you really are. See, it's easy to trust in money when you got it. Amen? It's easy to depend your life, put your life, you know, you you look at your money, your life. okay because you got money in the bank. Right. So me and my husband, we were okay because I had a good paying job. He had a good paying job. So our things were dependent on the money. So God had to break me to make me. Some of you don't want to be broken because you're still looking at things to make it. God said, yes, you should enjoy those things, but you should enjoy me more than you enjoying those things. You shouldn't put those things over me, meaning that if those things left your life, it would be, oh, well, that's how it should be. You shouldn't be worried just because you don't have it no more. You know how easy it is for somebody to give away something because they never missed it. They never boasted on it. So this is what happened when the job, um, God told me to come off the job. Y'all, let me tell you how he had me to come off the job. This is why I say you see the glory, but you don't know our story. When he told me to come off the job, y'all, I was already demoted. My check became um, $500 short every two weeks. Was it every two weeks we're getting paid every week? Every two weeks, $500 shorter than it was. My pay back there in 2000, I think it was like 13, close to 14. It went down to eight an hour. So now I can hear the enemy say, what you going to do now? Now I'm saying, what you going to do now? Got the first check, looked at the check, and I was like, I did call on Jesus. Jesus. (laughs) But then I heard the Holy Spirit say, hold it up to me. And I remember the two fish, if I hold it up to me, and I held that check up to heaven, I say, Father, it may not be what I want, but you know what I need. So I thank you that you make this money multiply. I thank you that what the enemy meant for harm, God, you have turned it around, and you have made it for our good. I thank you that you are God of more than enough, because you made all grace abound towards us, that we always have all sufficiency in all things, that we may abound to every good work. So I'm going to give your glory over this check. That was the thing that happened. The money decreased. And even in the decrease, I give God glory. Let me tell you why. Because God showed me money is not your God. Money is not what's going to keep you. He said, I want you to see me as your keeper. I want you to see me as Jehovah Jireh. I want you to see me as your source. I want you to see me for who I am. He allowed us to see that, y'all. But then when he told me to quit my job, check this out. <laughs> this is the funny part. This is how you really got to depend on God. Where I was working, you ain't had no good 401 game. No, you ain't have no good stuff when you left. It might cha- have changed now, Jennifer. But I didn't have no sick time when I left, so you ain't get no check from that. Sure didn't have no vacation time. You ain't get no check from that. When I got the 401k, it looked like it was missing some zeros, but I gave God glory for that. So it wasn't much left, y'all. But this is the thing. Remember the Cadillac I told y'all about and God told me to put it on the refrigerator? Now it's time to get the Caddy. Who tells you that? So me and my husband go out and we're just looking around and they go to Cadillac sitting on the lot. So we t- I told my husband, I said, I want that Cadillac right there. Y'all check this. Wasn't no money in the bank to get it. But I looked at it, and I felt an unction. I drove off with the Cadillac. And I had quit the job, y'all. But this is the funny part. Now God got to see if I'm more in love with the Cadillac than I'm with God. Now, this is the funny part. I don't know if y'all know Harold Alton. He used to work here at the church. I think everybody has some dealing with Harold Alton. When you come in this church, you will never leave this church. Harold will walk you to the stop sign and be talking with your window down. Everybody thought Harold was just crazy, right? Harold was driving a Cadillac. And this was a man that just got his license. I encouraged him to get his license. Then we would tell him, Harold, take the Cadillac down there, do so. Who does that? See, the Cadillac wasn't my God. God was my God. So whatever God told me to do, y'all don't understand. God got to break you to make you. He got to take things that he put in your hands to see if you're going to let somebody else share with what you got. When people gave me my husband cars, put the cars in our name, about eight, nine cars. We could have kept the cars. What do we do? We gave them to other people. If I had four or five houses, I would give it to somebody. Why? Because it's not my own. You are kingdom. Amen. That's how you live according to the word of God. If you got a shirt on your back and God said, take the shirt off. I hope you got on the t-shirt. I don't think it's going to leave your neck yet. And I want them to have the shirt. That's what you do. God had to break us to make us. My husband had a truck. He told me who he wanted to give his truck to. He took it to the house and gave it to him. Some people wonder, why in the world would you give that man that truck? God knew what he was doing. It don't matter what the man said or how he said it. We were obedient to what God said. And some people say, well, why didn't you give it to family? Because God didn't say give it to family. That's the problem. He said, leave family. Mm. sometimes family want to depend on family and that's why they don't want to do nothing for themselves. we have to help people that need y'all i can tell you so many stories of living according to the word of god and that's what keeps our house because we don't look at what we have as our own God, what do we have? I remember daddy would come to our house when we was renting the house and my husband would just open the cabinet and say, what you want out of there? Daddy said, boy, if you keep giving everything you got away, you won't have nothing. (laughs) But sometimes you got to learn what to give and how to give and when to give it. So God, he broke us to make us. We would take little that we had and we would share it with other people. Me and Jennifer didn't have a problem getting truckloads of stuff. My husband said, don't you bring nothing else under this garage. I said, look, somebody going to need what we got all in the attic, all in the garage. My husband, see, God had to break him. He didn't like disorganized. I said, that's going to somebody. Leave it alone. He said, why is it still sitting here? I say, because, because God going to send who need it. So this is what God does when you live according to the word, y'all, you won't miss nothing, but you, the Holy Spirit will help you to live. Abraham lived. Did Abraham mess up? Y'all know he slept with Hagar. Some people say, well, his wife gave him permission, but he still shouldn't have done it. But he wanted to sleep with that woman. That's part of a man's nature. If you give your husband permission, if he don't run from his life, he probably lay down there too. And when he get up, bam. You better lay there and act like you dead. Be done made out the policy before you know it and say, Bobby Dunn, come get him. You don't do what I tell you to do if it's outside the will of God. That's because you wanted to do it. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. It was already there. And don't say it was that driving force. No, it was that stuff that was left behind that you still need to work on through the word of God. And you didn't work on it, so you just lay there. And why do people come out from under that and then say, I'm sorry? (laughs) Then you look at them and say, sorry to do it. (laughs) But look at the word, y'all. We can live according to the word. When we're not trying to do it ourselves, quit trying to do it yourself and just openly admit before God, God, I'm struggling in this area. God, I need your help. The Holy Spirit is there to help you. The Holy Spirit is there to help you get through it. And another thing that I have learned, you got to quit hanging around who you hang around, whom you associate with. That's what you become. Me and my husband, when he was on his job, they would have these nice Christmas party parties. Y'all, I only went for the food, no lie. They said steak, baked potato. Oh, come on, honey. We'll go to that Christmas party. But when we got saved, I remember they opened up the dance floor. You know, back then, this is the funny part with my husband. My husband always knows how I am. I always been this type, y'all. This is why I say your upbringing, when you uh, brought up a certain way, a different way. My husband, before I got saved, we would go to these parties and we'd be sitting around and they open up the dance floor and it was a man my husband always looked up to. I never forget. I ain't going to call his name. So he got on the floor and I never forget this song that was playing. Um, scroking What's that song? Is that what you call it? Yeah. What's that man's name? Y'all know who? See, you remember Calvin. See how stuff come out the deep? So my husband saw him over there on the floor getting down. And my husband kept looking. You remember this, honey? He's going he gonna to remember this one. He's going to remember this one. So he's sitting over there. And we sitting around the table. And I was the type, y'all, I didn't do all that. Even when I wasn't saved. That, that wasn't me. Y'all, God saved me. He spared me. So we sat there at the table. But guess what? My good works weren't going to take me to heaven. I don't care if I did or didn't. I didn't know Jesus, but I didn't want to. So my husband kept saying, come on, let's get out there. You don't remember this yet? I said, I said nicely. No, I don't want to go. So he kept watching his friend. He did it again. Come on, let's get out there. I said it nicely. No, don't want to go. The third time. Come on. I told you I'm not going out there. I bet he didn't mess with me no more. But. I wasn't saved then, y'all, but this is what everybody was doing at the parties. They would drink, they would dance, and they took the electric slide because they were for county. So everybody had to do the electric slide, and ain't nothing wrong with doing with the electric slide, right? But God had his hands on me back then, and I didn't even know it. But then when we got saved, both of us got saved together, before we went to the dinner and they was going to open up the dance floor, me and my husband were saved. Okay. This is about the time they're going to turn on that music. So we're getting out of there. You know why we got out of there? Because we had a new nature. That nature in us would not allow us to sit amongst that. Because when you sit amongst that, you're saying it's okay. You know what some people say? It's very disrespectful. I'm not going to disrespect my God because you want to sit there and you want to get on the floor and, and shake your legs. Because, see, I know who I serve. The new nature in me would not allow me to do that because I'd rather please God than to please man. So we would always leave ahead of time and nobody saw us in there. Why? Because we were different. When you're different, you don't do what the world does. anymore I love myself some Jesus do we mess up yes sometimes we mess up but guess what we do even in my mess ups I realize my mess ups and I get up and I tell the Lord Lord you already forgave me for that and just because you forgave me for that don't mean that I had to act like that so Lord I repent not on your end but on my end so the enemy won't have enroll in my life y'all it's time for changing the church the church is supposed to be different. And you don't have to try to act, okay? Thank you, Holy Ghost. Some of us trying to act different. But on the inside, we talk. We try to make people think we're more holy than that. I'm going to tell you how us church folks do it. We go in places and we beat people up with the word. Well, you know, the word said this and the word said that. I wouldn't deny that the word say this or said that. But have a conversation. Don't just hit them with the word. Come in with the conversation. Come in with the testimony. That opens it up to bring the word. But if you come in with the hammer all of a sudden, they're going to boot you out. They're going to say, oh, here go that Holy Ghost roller. The Holy Spirit will come in so smooth. You don't even have to give them your title. Because everybody in this room that's born again, you are ministers. You do not need a certificate to say minister nothing. All of y'all are ministers unto Jesus Christ. How do I know that? Go look at the great commission. He compels all of us to go out there. Now, I do understand why some people give people minister license because they go through all of this stuff to show who they are. But can I tell y'all something? The only one I had to go through with was God. God broke me. I went through a breaking to make it Amen. God put me where I need to be put and I didn't look to man to stay where I am. Because if you look to man, you feel like they're always watching over your shoulder. But the life I live, I live because of Jesus Christ. And the verse I live by is I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. So it ain't about me. It's all about him. My life is in Christ. So God see him and don't see me. That's why it's not hard for me to live here on this earth and have a good life and not try to prove myself to y'all. Some of y'all still trying to prove y'allself to people. You don't have to do that. Just live. Live according to this word. Quit trying to duck and dodge. If you're having secret affairs, you having them. God's having them because you're laying there with God. That's why David said, I'm not worried about y'all. I sinned against God. I took God in there with me when I slept with Bathsheba. That sin was against God. It wasn't against man. So why are you ducking and dodging at night? God see you, your holy self. Just admit. Say, God, I got a problem. I can't do this by myself. I really need your help. Now, if you're asking him for his help, remember this. I'm going to give y'all a nugget. The Holy Spirit walks alongside of you. He don't do it for you. See, y'all are crying out to God. Take this from me. He done took it. But what's happening? you having them symptoms that's coming back up. Where that old man left. Your spirit got saved. Sexual perversion ain't in your spirit. It's clean. The seed that's in you is pure. It ain't corruptible. It's incorruptible. It's the word of God. It endures forever. But your soul is what's tore up. That's where the battle is in your mind. So what you got to deal with is those thoughts. You got to deal with that sexual perversion that's there through the word of God. He say flee. I'm going to give you another example. Y'all, I love the word so much. I'm going to stop when you tell me to stop. But if you have to leave, the door is right there. He showed me the life of Joseph. Y'all remember Joseph, how y'all would tell your kids about Joseph. But let's talk about Joseph. Joseph was loved by his father because he only had two sons by, who was it, uh, Rachel. Rachel. So what he did was he made Joseph a coat of many colors, and the other boys was jealous over Joseph. So what did Joseph do? He went to go check on him, and they saw him afar off. People see you from afar off. Don't think people ain't looking at your life. Y'all, I'm hated by many people. Jealousy, so jealous. Like I say, they see the glory, but they don't know my story, so I'm not out to please them. Thank God me and my husband is out to please God. Anyway, they saw him afar off, and they already planned to kill him. So this is what they was going to do. Let's kill him. Let's just say, you know, a wild whatever came and attacked him. But then he said, Reuben said, let's just throw him in the pit. People that are close to you done threw you in a pit. And a pit is a dark place. But let me tell you something. That was not their plan. It was God's plan. The reason why God will let you know your destiny before you get in a pit. He told um, Joseph, they're going to bow down to you. The sun, the moon, and the stars, they're going to bow down to you. His brothers didn't want to accept it. The dad didn't want to accept it. But when they saw him coming, he said, look at the dreamer. Let's see if his dreams come true. See, the enemy want to kill your dreams. He want to kill your destiny, but he can't stop God. So they threw him in the pit, and y'all know it was dark in that pit. But Joseph kept his focus on what God said. You may be in a pit right now, but God said, when you keep your focus on me, you ain't worrying about that pit. You know I'm bringing you out the pit. Judah said, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites." So they sold him. He went to Potiphar's house. Guess what? The favor of God was so much on Joseph. Even when you are in a pit, even when you are in a house that you feel like you're in bondage, God will give you favor because God said, I'm going to show up wherever you go. Yes. So even Potiphar said, God got his hands on this man. Everything his hands touch, Phyllis is blessed. Now here he is in slavery, but he's still blessed, Julia. So you can be in slavery and God can still bless you and people are still seeing God's glory. So everything, Potiphar put it in his hands and he said, I'm putting this in your hand. But the wife, the wife was looking at Joseph and she wanted, she said, lie with me. He said, your husband has put everything in my hands except you. He knew thou should not commit adultery. So what did she do? She was still trying to come after Joseph. And when she came after him one day, Joseph, y'all hear what this, this man did? He ran for his life. But guess what? The enemy, even in the midst of him running for his life, was still trying to set him up. So he ended up in prison. Let me tell you something. Prison cannot contain God. Prison cannot stop what God has for your life. God put him over to prison. Who does that? But God. Gave him favor in prison. They go to pit. They go to prison. In prison, he did dreams. Y'all know what happened. He ended up going to the palace. The very ones that done him wrong had to come to him for help. What am I saying to you? Joseph lived according to the word, not on purpose, but it was because of who he was. You can live according to the word when you stay in connection with the word. Do you have to flee sometime? When things are in your... Yes, you do. Do you have to turn off the television when you know it's tempting you? Yes, you do. Because whatever you put in front of your eyes, that's what you're going to see all the time. Have y'all know you can get a glimpse of a naked person and you can see that naked person more than you see the word? Why is that? Because that's what you were used to. You were used to these images so it's not hard for these images to stay before your eyes. This is why God is saying, quit trying to do it yourself. You cannot live the way God wants you to live by doing it yourself. You have to do it with the help of the Holy Spirit. Get into your word. Let the word get into you. And the more the word get into you, that's what's going to come out of you. It becomes natural, even though it's supernatural. And you don't have to force yourself, y'all, to do nothing. And let me tell you something. You don't have to force yourself to be kind. Because you have the fruit of the spirit and in the fruit of the spirit, there's kindness, there's gentleness, there's meekness. Y'all, he even gave you the fruit so you can be long suffering. Come on, when you get tired of people just say, I am tired. But Lord, I have some long suffering in me. I need some help. Holy Spirit, I need for that long suffering that's in me to come out of me today. And all of a sudden you can go through your day in peace. Why? He said, I'm not only going to give you the long suffering, baby. I'm going to give you some peace with it because you're going to need some peace with this long suffering. And he said, you know what? More than peace and long suffering, when you that love begin to activate, you're going to even love them with my love because I know you surely can't love them because you just say you can't you can't stand them. Let's just be honest with ourselves. Lord, I need to love with your love because I can't stand them. Truth. Y'all tell the truth. People you looking at in church, some of them, you can't stand them. Don't even want them to talk. Don't even want them to say nothing. Ah, here they come. That's when you say, Father. What's that word glory, glory use? Father, Father. <laughs> That's what you call them. Father, I need some help. Because here they coming and I feel my flesh acting up. Fruit of the Spirit, I'm calling on you. See, when you know what you have, you can use what you have. Y'all, Yo, we go in churches quoting the fruit, having banquets about the fruit. And you want them sitting at the table with long suffering and rolling your eyes. You know why you like that? Because you choose to be like that. If you get into this word, you will realize everything you've been delivered from. And when it knock on the door of your house, you say, I ain't home. ain't here. <laughs> you ain't coming up in here. Uh uh-uh. uh. You shut the door on that because you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. When you know who you are, you don't accept what's coming in your life. We're accepting these things because we think we have to accept them. We're accepting these things because this is what man say we have to do. If it's outside of the Bible, no, we do not have to do it. Truth? So God is saying, You can even respect those that are in authority to live a quiet and peaceful life. And you do it because the word says do it. Be subject to those who have authority over you. It don't matter how bad they act. You be subject to them because God put authority over you. Some of us going that you ain't treat me in that kind of way. You're fired. Fire them up front. Cause they come in there with the eye syndrome the prideful syndrome so whoever have authority over you you can live according to the word, word. if you in the word you can do it with the help of the Holy Spirit though you got the cross sometime God will comfort you the Holy Spirit will come in and comfort you they spit on Jesus but Jesus still say forgive them Come on, it takes the Holy Ghost somebody to somebody slap you. Takes him. Holy Spirit, you know they slap me. Be like, be like Oprah with You told Harpo to beat me. Just take time. Take a deep breath. Before you can take a deep breath, you're backing up. But we don't supposed to be like they are. We bless those who curse us. We love those who hate. Why is that in the Bible if we couldn't do it? Manny, why is that in the Bible? Though Julia you get on your last nerve and you got many nerves. You got to love her the way Christ loved the church. You got to look at her and say, I love you with the love of God, girl. Don't provoke me. That's what marriages entail. Brother Greg, you all right? He calling on Jesus now. All the time. We have to do it in marriage. We have to do it on job. Y'all, we could not live in this earth without the Holy Spirit. So quit trying to do it. That's what Abraham, that's why I read this. Abraham couldn't do it. He depended on God. Our dependency is on him for everything we need. We're supposed to check in with the kingdom. We don't supposed to worry about what we should eat, what we should drink, how we shall be clothed. Sinners think that way. We're part of the kingdom. God already knows that you need to eat. He know when you need to sleep. He know what you need to wear. He know what you need to have. Give us this day our daily bread. Thank you for the day that I'm in. Help me to live out this day. I can't be concerned about tomorrow. Tomorrow hasn't come yet. Am I living according to the word? But I got to stick with what the word is saying outside of my situation. I have to say, God, that ain't what you said. I can only do what you say. Help me to see what you see so I can do what you do. Help me to hear what you hear so I can say what you have me to say. I can't do anything opposite of you. That's why we wait on him. God, I want to spend this. But God, I ain't heard from you so I can't spend it today. God, I want to do this. Y'all, the money ain't yours. It's his. Right. God, is there somebody I'm supposed to give this to besides myself? God, what do you want me to do? That's kingdom living. So why are we not living according to the word? Because we're trying to do it. And you cannot do it. You have to let the Holy Spirit help you. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. We thank God for the word. Amen. Amen. As they say, won't he do it? Yes. And I believe if you take this word and let this word get deep on the inside of you, it would end up coming out of you and it won't be hard for you. God is saying over and over again, get into the word, let the word get into you and you can live according to the word. Do we slip up? Yes. But when we slip up, we get up, we repent, we make a U-turn, and we got the Holy Spirit to help us to stay in position. Amen? Amen. It is not hard, y'all, if we have a made-up mind. I thank God for his word. So at this time, if we have any visitors.